Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Well, listen, House family, we are so glad that you are here. I hope you had a good time fasting. Uh, if you say, yeah, I did, you're lying. Uh, 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 you can have a good time in the presence of the Lord, but come on. When you walked into some restaurant, when you walked in some places, did you not just... Wow. Come on. I was so hungry this week. And there's a reason why we fast. We don't fast because it's a spiritual, just a spiritual practice. God gives us these spiritual practices to confirm something. I wear a wedding ring externally because I have made a covenant in eternity. Fasting is an external way that I begin to deny myself pleasure of food, comfort, stability, you know, you know, like, so that I can seek the Lord. When God's church isn't hungry spiritually, then we are heavy and hard-hearted. We're under it. We're not free. That doesn't mean that you aren't going to have problems but i am proud of our church come on on wednesday night for prayer we do prayer at 6 30 from 6 30 to 7 30 we had over 140 people come on in prayer y'all give the lord a hand clap for that uh this wednesday we'll we'll kind of end our uh january seek him and so uh we, we come to prayer come come to pray if you aren't being challenged to pray then I would say that you are missing out on a huge transformational component to your faith. I didn't, I didn't marry Katie and say, okay, here's the deal. I want a few things. <laughs> but I don't want to talk to you. We probably would not have been married. That can't be our posture with the Lord. Like, I, I want a few things. I just don't want relationship. And so, John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5 says this, Abide in me and I in you. Okay? As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide, come on, listen, in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, Jesus, and I in him bear much fruit. For without me, you can do, come on, help me, n nothing. You can do nothing. You can do nothing. And we got a lot of people, come on, listen, in our world, proud about doing nothing. Bragging about nothing. Stressed out about Nothing. Thinking that it's something. I've got seven businesses. I've got 20 kids. I've got a, a wife. I've got friends. I've got, whoa, I've got something. God says, look, if you're not in me, I, and I'm not in you, and we're not in relationship, what you are going to bear in this world will rot. It will fade away. It will turn to nothing, and it will have no long-lasting impact in the world. So what I'm, my challenge to a church people who are watching and people who are here is don't give your life to nothing. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, let us then 
with confidence. Come on, everybody say confidence. Thank you, everyone. Let, 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 come on, everybody. Let's say confidence. With confidence, look at this, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. It is vital for our church to remember to draw near to the Lord. To, to draw near. This is why we intentionally do prayer. This is why we do prayer on, well, why aren't we doing a Bible study every Wednesday night? Well, why aren't we? We need more apologetics. We need more biblical worldview. We need, I understand that. But what good is teaching content if people don't want to pray? The, the idea is, our confidence comes from our relationship with God. This is, Jesus said, my house is going to be a house of prayer. So we focus on fasting and cutting off distractions and connecting with Jesus the first of the year. Because of Jesus, you have confidence. Because of Jesus, not because of your degree, not because of your intellect, not because of your talent, not because of your network, you have confidence, but because of Jesus, come on, listen, you have confidence. It is because of Jesus we can know the Father, accept forgiveness, live free, and fuel purpose. We are in a series called Confident Living. The bride of Christ, which is us, should be confident and not insecure. We are not married to the world. We don't have other lovers. Check this out. We are wanted by God, not disregarded. We are not married to the philosophies of the day, trends that trip us up, fads that we know, come on, listen, will fade away. We navigate our life by the word and the presence of God because he is the only thing that will remain weeks ago the lord put it on my heart that the church has to get its confidence back we're gonna to have to get our swagger back not not cockiness but the fact that when we pray god hears us and god is a good father that's what james says and that there is some confidence and some faith. And Hebrews tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So listen, we, we, we don't want our tradition leading us. It's got to be faith that leads us. He gives us strength. He provides an open heaven so that confidence, listen, can remain. And I don't know if you missed this, but that verse in Hebrews said, receive mercy and find grace. Receive mercy and find grace. Receive mercy, what does that mean? That means that everyone in this room can be forgiven of what you don't deserve. You don't deserve to be forgiven, but God is going to forgive you. If you come to him and you draw near and you bring that thing and every one of us no matter if you are a compartmentalizer or you can shut it off and just go forward, but when you are silent, the echoes of wrongs appear. True or false? Come on. 
And God says that if you come to me, I will have mercy on you, meaning I will forgive you. I know you don't deserve it, but because I am a good God, I will give it to you. That means, listen to this, this is going to make a lot of people mad, affairs, embezzlement, addictions, abortions, control, anger, lust, everything that has hurt other people and yourself, God says, if you draw near to me, the echoing in your mind, I will take it. So when the accuser comes and says, why are you leading the church? Nobody knows who you really are. Why are you? Don't post no scripture. Do you not? Do pe if people really knew who you were, <laughs> don't even. You want to know the number one reason people don't jump on a church team and help? It's because they are battling with, some days I'm a hypocrite. So I would rather not do anything if I can't do it all perfect. And that's why you've been stuck for 20 years. Because that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the steps of the righteous are ordered by God, and I need you to take a step, and then I need you to take a step, and I need you to take a step, and the maturing and the healing and the growing all happens, come on, in the steps. And so the outside world may say, oh, the church is just full of hypocrites. No, no, no. <laughs> the church is full of people on transition. And so what you know about them now, that might not be where they are in 10 years from now, because we take a step, we take a step all day. We took two steps back, but we take a step, we take a step, we take a step back. And God grows us in years, not in days. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. There's mercy for you. But there's also grace to be given. That means that God is going to give you, listen, what you don't deserve. Favor. God's grace on your life is favor. You, you, people are puzzled at your, your, your resume, your, your background, your education, your influence, your friendship. Even, even sometimes you, you don't have the consistency, but yet God's grace is on your life. And doors continue to open and things continue to happen. And, and all of a sudden, you can't even explain it. And God is like, I'm doing that. Don't get cocky, big boy. Don't get cocky, ma'am. We know you can run a family, a marriage, a business, the world. But you need to understand that there's a grace on your life to do that. And if God took that grace, you wouldn't be able to keep your pace. Come on, help me. We are leaning into this thought that we don't trash our confidence. When we mess up, when we blow up, when we back up, we do not quit. Instead, we draw near to God. God isn't into shaming you. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. God's not into shaming what you did. He's into correcting what you did. Only the presence of God is where you're going to receive mercy and find grace and this covers us and it accelerates us so that we can flourish with confidence in our world come on somebody say it's time
Come on, look at someone. Look at someone. Give them the eyeball and say, it's time. Come on, it's time for your confidence to, in the Lord to go to another level. I, I want to spend the next couple minutes with this idea. My assignment today is a time for confidence. It is a time for confidence. A, a couple uh, weeks, uh, and here in a couple weeks, you're going to see an upgrade uh, in your pastor. I'm going to be wearing some hardware. Uh, I went to the optometrist this weekend. He told me it was time. <laughs> time for what, sir? Time for glasses. And he said, you are straining your eyes and they need a rest. During my appointment, he began to do these tests and uh, check out different parts of my eyes. And he put me in front of a machine that sent this puff uh, into my eye. It was kind of exciting. Uh, <laughs> He took 20 minutes, and then and the, whole, the whole thing took like 20 minutes, and then it was like an hour of picking out glasses. Uh, and so he was like, hey, you know what? We're going to set you up with uh, progressive glasses. And I was like, can I just have the conservative ones? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just sorry. I, sorry. I know. I, just, I know. Uh, some people are leaving our church. I get it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was funny. I was, it was both Katie and I. <laughs> Y'all have no idea what I don't say, okay? It's just, I think of jokes all the time. Most of the time, my wife looks at me like, I had four kids so that one person would always laugh. Uh, both Katie and I having appointments with glasses, and I got into the car, and I thought to myself, I have been struggling when I could be seen. How many believers are straining when they could be resting? Resting in the fact that we serve a big God. Resting by understanding that we receive mercy. Come on, and we find grace. We receive mercy and we find, come on, listen, grace. We're going to continue with the story of David. And I believe he shows us how to move in the confidence of the Lord. The passage that we are reading today finds Israel in a stressful position. They can't see a way out of their problem. They are facing an enemy that looks too big. They are, so, so they're, facing a giant that is, listen, scary. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 20 through 26. Look at this. And David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment at the host and was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry, and Israel and the Philistine drew up for battle. David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked to them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard them. All the men of Israel when they saw the man, listen to this, fled from him and were afraid. 
the men of Israel said, have you seen the man who's come up? Have you, have you seen his posture, his strength? Have you seen the man who's come up? Here's the scary part. The army of God who is in covenant with God is focused on a man. How many men, women, bosses, people still are focused and we begin to look at what they're doing rather than what he can do? Look at, look at this. Surely he has come up to defy Israel and the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Have you ever had someone talk in so much confidence that it, al it almost makes you feel weird? Oh, I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna do, listen. And you're just like, wow, that was so confident. In a way, it's scary. In another way, I want to hug you like right now. Because I'm like, I never can project that type of, the whole army is on pause. And David's like, what am I going to get if I kill him? I'm going to get a girl. I'm going to get free taxes. I'm going to get a position. All right, tell him I'm coming. Like, that's just a different mentality. A lot of people, come on. I don't know if you ever watch scary movies, but people run from the bad guy. We, David runs to the bad guy. He's like, <laughs> I want to talk to you for just a little bit on three ways to know when it's time for confidence. I'm only going to give you one today. I'm going to give you two next week, so come back. It'll be a little bit better. Three ways to know when it's time for confidence. Let me give you the first one. When the assignment that you've been given feels mundane, you need confidence. Most of you are not suffering from sin. You're suffering from mundane. You're bored and you're blaming God. You're bored. I'm bored in my marriage, I'm bored in my job, I'm bored in my career, I'm bored in my season, I'm bored, it's mundane. I have this God assignment, but I don't feel like it's happening fast enough, it's not happening quick enough. We have fear of missing out, where it's like, ah, when's it going to happen? And this story doesn't start off, it's very easy for us because we love a good story and we love... Um, the battle and the collision and the drama of the fight that we can almost skip over the Aaron and move to the battle. But David didn't get to the battle to fight Goliath because that was his intention. His intention was the reason he was there is because his father had sent him on an errand, and the errand, the mundane, the assignment, come on, this is no different than you having a bunch of kids and calling them down and saying, let's vacuum and clean up and do the dishes. An errand turns into a moment. 
It's so easy for us to get discouraged in life because it isn't moving toward the direction that we desire at the pace, come on, that we desire. And there may be some here today that you're in a career that feels mundane. And your response to life right now is, it's fine. It's fine. How's your marriage? It's fine. How are you? It's fine. How's life? Fine. Do you like your job? It's fine. It's fine. You like your church? Oh, yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, yeah. It's fine. And here's what I need you to understand, that just because you're in covenant with God through Jesus, it doesn't mean that there will, not, there will be moments of mundane repetition and normalcy. There will be those days. So let's talk. God develops our character and confidence in normal days. Normal days. Normal days are when you learn to pray, read your Bible, develop a relationship with God. Normal days are when preparation is happening for the development that is to come. Come on. In the normal days, David wasn't sent to battle Goliath. David was sent on an errand. How do you know if you're going to be in the position to conquer the next giant in your family? How do you know if you're being sent, if you look over three generations, everybody's had a problem with lust. Everybody's had a problem with depression. Everybody's had a problem. Maybe God is sending you on an assignment to destroy that giant in your family, and what you do changes. Come on. But something happened in your life at 16, 17, 20. You, someone spoke over you, prophesied to you, preached to you. You heard a word. You heard a song. You were three years old, and you heard, I can only imagine. And you thought, I'm going to change the world for Jesus. And from that moment to this moment, it hadn't looked like none of it. It's frustrating. And I'm telling you, don't despise the normal days. The normal days are when the seed of confidence grows underneath. Don't reduce ordinary moments. God uses, come on, listen, ordinary moments to produce private encounters. Ordinary. God will strengthen you to make it through every day. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things, come on, listen, through him who strengthened me. This is one of the most misquoted verses. In context, Paul is confidently stating that we can do whatever God calls us to do, not whatever we decide to do. We quote this verse to be fleshly. <laughs> I'm thinking about robbing that bank. But if God be for me, My God's going to strengthen me. They got three guards, but I got God. Come on. It can be as funny as rob a bank or leave my family. Be selfish. If we're not careful, we will interpret Scripture based on highlights. And God is asking us to go deep and no context. 
The story isn't about God making us. The story is about us repenting and getting him in us so that we live missional and we go out and are different. We're not using God as our genie from the Disney Channel. Come on, hear me. Each of us have responsibilities God has given us. So here's the practical part of what we're talking about. We absolutely get our confidence and mercy and grace from the Lord to run a race, and Paul said to endure. So that means this, you're gonna have to get up every day and go to work. You're gonna have to work as under the door, unto the Lord. You're going to have to set an example among your coworkers and in your family. Well, you know, in my family, we just real. Yeah, that's why nobody likes you. In your own family. You don't ever, as a Christian, get to go bowling without gutters. You don't ever get to just be all. You don't ever get to say everything that you feel. You take what you feel to the Lord. You get real in your journal. You get real. You draw near to the Lord, and you're like, here is what I'm feeling, and I'm about to And then I come out of that moment. And I have guardrails. Guardrails. And I live with them. And the world is trying to teach you, you don't need those. That's, in, that's, that's inhibiting you. Take those off. You don't need guardrails on your life. Sounds a lot like the garden, doesn't it? You can eat any tree you want. It's only one fruit. God's not really going to care. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Listen, we gotta take our thoughts captive. Can I just tell you this? Every thought you think isn't from God. Come on. Y'all, I get attacked when I'm going through the drive-thru. Y'all don't even know what gets in off in me. I'm trying to just get some chicken nuggets and people trying to be real. Why are you outside taking a picture? I want my nuggets. Listen, are you thanking God for his mercy and grace? Da Listen, David's God moment wasn't at the expense of responsibility. And some of you, listen, I'm just going to be honest. Either your theology has been works-based, which that's not right. Or it's been God's going to do it. And if I just show up, he's going to make it happen. <laughs> Could that be why it's not happening? Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Like David says, David submits to his father and does the thing, and does the thing, and when he does it, and here's what happens. When he hears the giant, this is, you may have missed this in scripture, he goes to the host, he goes to the keeper first, this is my assignment, I'm going to finish what I said I was going to do. Listen, calling of God on your life isn't what you start, it's what you finish. We, we finish. The next step that God has called you to is predicated on what you finish. David finished the assignment from his father. Many people want to leave their assignment for a better one. 
I want, I want to leave my assignment for a better one. I, I want to leave whatever it is for a better one. And I need you to understand, God is, I'm going to say this, and then it's going to need clarity. But God is not opportunistic. God gives you seed, and he creates opportunity in what he's given you. But there's a difference between something growing from you and you seizing an opportunity and you having to chase opportunity to try to think that that's going to somehow produce the talent and ability in your life. And some of you, listen, you're tired because you're chasing opportunity, but I need your confidence to grow because God has everything in you to do all of the things. Come on, listen. David shows us the anointing is connected to responsibility. And so I want to give you two questions to overcome the mundane so you can stay on assignment. Two questions. You want to write these down? They're going to be pretty good. Two questions you need to ask yourself. We're talking about the mundane. Can my little turn into much? The little that you have, the little finances, the little influence, the little career, the little space, the little whatever. Can God touch my little and make it much? And the Bible says that he can. Your little family will grow. Come on. Your, your little moment, your little blog, your little, God can touch your little and I've seen this happen in my own life. I am not here because I have a lot of talent. I am not here because I'm better than the, another pastor down the road. I am here because of mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. And I just want to do what God tells me to do, and I want to finish that. And I promise you, your little will grow into much. People will want to know how you did it. And there will be a system and a structure and a strategy to why you grew. Nothing grows without intentionality. But I am fully aware that I stand here because of the voices and the teachers and the people in my life. And it was the grace of God and the mercy of God. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Young people, I, want, I need you to know something. When your parents call you from your room and say it's time to vacuum. Why do you hate me? Why do you hate me? I was in the middle of a game. I, like we were really gonna win. Fine. What you see as an irritation, God sees as preparation. Are you ready for your giants? Because something's being taught right now. Mama, when you go to work, ah, ah, where are my keys? Where are my coffee? Oh my God, nobody cares. Ah. You're in preparation. You don't know a giant's coming. Get your guardrails up. Come on, sir. You're, I'm so high, working so much. Y'all don't even know. No one in this house appreciates me. I'm bringing home the bacon and the spam. preparation no matter where you are today your little can grow and God can touch it and he can multiply it preparation is the precursor to long-term pace pioneering potential is launched 
and maintained by obedience and diligence. Many people are praying for the giants of our nation to fall. The spiritual strongholds to break. Well, start breaking them in your home. Stop looking to the White House and just take inventory of the culture in your house. And ask, is the presence of God here and stop judging on if the Democrats or the Republicans or the Independents have the presence of God there. Come on. Everybody say amen. Here's the last question. Where have I surrendered to my own excuses? Where have I surrendered unknowingly to my own excuses? excuses. It's easy to be overwhelmed by the lack of control we possess. Some may believe that if I were in control, none of this would happen. Come on. If I had those kids for five minutes. If I were her husband, if I was his wife, if I were that boss, if I... King Saul surrendered to the excuses that he had been making. Saul didn't understand that there would be changes, choices, and challenges that would cause him to choose to either draw near to the Lord or draw away. You see, in a time where confidence was needed, Saul had already surrendered to the enemy. He was making excuses. We don't have anybody big enough. I didn't know that was part of the battle. Anybody got anybody nine feet? I didn't know. When I started this, I thought we were six-foot fighters. Did you know that? Was that in the rules? Ref. Where are the tall women and the tall men? I mean, did you? nobody knew that we would be fighting this guy? Dang it. What excuses have you surrendered that your assignment is on pause because the mundane is taking effect? Here's what I want you to know. There will be changes. Everybody say changes. Now breathe. Because I know that, that word sometimes, hyperventilation. You will not be able to anticipate every change that happens in your life. You cannot control every personality and everything that happens in the world, in the economy, in your life. You cannot anticipate every change, but you can go to the Lord. Change happens. And the Bible tells us that change is part of life. Seasons change, weathers change, weather change, friendships change, opportunity changes, grace changes. We have to be ready in our life for change. And change doesn't mean that God has abandoned us. Let's talk about choices. It's a hard pill to swallow. 
that sometimes our assignment is either accelerated or hindered by our choices. We have a clear picture of a current king and a future king, and they've made choices. Saul made a choice, and he doesn't like his consequences. Now we're in a moment, Israel's in a moment where Saul, listen to this, should be leading, but he's fleeting. He's fleeing. And David, on the other hand, has decided to be content with the sheep, submit to his father. And here's what I want you to know. If you are here today and you have made some wrong choices that are hindering your assignment, I have the best news in the world for you. You can receive his mercy and find grace. You don't have to talk hours about it. You don't have to rehearse it. You can just receive it. Come on, is that good? Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Man, y'all can go ahead and come up. Lastly, this. Challenges. We all know that life is challenging. We can go ahead and say this. It's hard. It's hard. Life, come on, listen, it's hard. Don't allow the challenges that you are going through to cause you to doubt or hinder the assignment of God on your life. Challenges are opportunities for us to see the faithfulness of God. Without them, listen, we would be prideful. God can move the problems and perspectives, change our challenges, Here's what I want you to know. If you're in a season where your life feels a little mundane, maybe you've lost your confidence. Maybe things didn't work out like you thought. Maybe you thought you would be somewhere by now. Maybe you didn't know that this adversity or, or wreck or thing would happen in your life. And, and I get that, and that's hard to deal with. But, but here's what I need you to get there is mercy and grace and mercy and grace and your confidence has got to begin to rise. It's time for confidence. Come on, somebody. Maybe God's been putting on your heart. It's time to invite that coworker to church. And I don't know how to say it. I've kind of been intimidated about it. And, and if you were really going to look inside, you're frustrated that there's no purpose in your life, but God keeps giving it to you and you keep making. See, you don't know when that person gets saved then they're going to start calling you and then you're going to be able to disciple them and you're going to be able to walk with them and then the Bible says that every person that we begin to move into heaven that God credits that to our account and so I believe that there are some people that, that, that are dealing with no purpose and passion because of fear come on Saturday we have ladies table talk and I can tell you ladies if you're in the room some moment this week you are going to be like ah the kids are going to have a cough. And you're like, I know what that turned out. I don't know. I don't know. You're going to get overwhelmed by who's going to be there, what table you're going to be at, who's going to talk to you. And all of a sudden, about Friday night, you're going to be... <laughs> you're going to have to have some confidence. We got life groups coming up. 
And, and life groups, in a couple weeks, we're going to launch a whole new season of life groups. And I mean, to be around brand new people. And you're like, I know what you think. You think, I, lo- I love people. I just don't really want to talk to any. I don't want them to know me. I don't want to know them. I have enough problems of my own. Dear Jesus, help me. But I am saying to you this. I'm asking your confidence to arise and for the enemy to be scattered. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.